Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. This is my top five Mike Flanagan films. Mike Flanagan, well-known horror writer, director, works in movies as well as TV. Uh, he's worked in films uh, from minimal, simple movies like Hush and Gerald's Games to complex films like Doctor Sleep and the miniseries uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, a guy who's well-versed in the language of horror, somebody that I feel blends practical effects, uh, digital effects, and great casting, uh, along with amazing writing. Uh, just somebody that I've really enjoyed getting into his work. First, uh, you know, I've, I'd seen a couple of his movies, but I think it was the, the main thing that got me hooked on his work was doing a episode-by-episode -episode recap of his Netflix miniseries, Midnight Mass, uh, where his his ability to write really shined in that movie, uh, and then watching, going back and rewatching Haunting of Hill House, really showed his ability to tell a complex narrative story in a way that was so well done and uh, within the genre of horror. I absolutely loved it, and even his simple stuff, even when he's being minimal, and and. Doing the less is more, I think, in, in every form, he, he creates a great story uh, and uh, is well-told story. And I, I'm really a big fan. And I was really excited to go through and watch his entire filmography in order to come up with my top five movies of his. And uh, also excited to watch his new series on Netflix called The Midnight Club as I break down episode by episode of that show as well uh which i'm i'm very uh you know happy to do and he's somebody that also doesn't really fall into some of the kind of gimmicks that are popular within the horror genre you don't really see him doing if at all jump scares uh the kind of torture porn that exists in a lot of horror films uh, very little body horror in, in films. He, he uses subtlety to great effect in his movies and uh, is able to kind of pace a scene and moments in a way that can really draw out the tension and the terror uh, and really get you on the edge of your seat anticipating what is to come or what the potential outcomes could be of any given scenario. I absolutely love it. Uh, big fan of his work, and I'm excited to go through my top five films of his. So let's get it started, shall we? There is not a movie he has made that I do not like. Let's put it that way. Uh, there were a, for a few of his early films uh, that, were, uh, that I wasn't able, that weren't available some early independent films uh, the earliest of his films that i was able to watch was absentia and then watched everything up from that everything else was available most of which are available on netflix uh i think doctor sleep was available on hbo max and uh fairly easy to access all of his movies which is great so i didn't get to watch his early early stuff but 
you know, despite the fact that I enjoy independent films, uh, he's really gotten an opportunity to work, do really interesting stuff later in his career. And it feels like in some ways he's getting better despite the fact that I, I don't know. I, he's, it seems like he's worked at a high level, even is in the independent film world. Uh, I think to really great effect. So just to clarify the early films of his was not able to watch, and I can't even uh, remember what those films were. Let me see if I can pull it up really quick. Uh, the movies of his, the early ones. So the short film Oculus Chapter 3, obviously didn't, didn't get to watch. Uh, Ghosts of Hamilton Street wasn't, wasn't able to find. Uh, Still Life wasn't able to find. And Make Believe uh, were the... So only three films from his early career that I wasn't able to find uh, available to stream anywhere. But with that said, the rest of them I was, and I enjoyed the watching of all of his movies. I watched them in chronological order and uh, enjoyed every minute of it, and I'm excited to talk about them. So let's get it started. Starting off with number five. Uh, This is one of his simple movies. This is one of the movies that shows that he doesn't need a giant cast he doesn't need a giant budget uh he doesn't need he can he can develop a an immersive and stressful and terrifying horror story using very little things using very little ingredients and i appreciate that i appreciate any director that's able to work in on a large scale, on a complex scale, as well as a director that's able to do uh, something using minimal, m- the, the minimal type of uh, tools to his, to his uh, arsenal. Uh, and this movie, I enjoyed. The only part of this movie that kind of falls apart is the end, but I still enjoyed the, the entire movie. And that movie coming in at number five is Gerald's Game. This is uh, a movie that I saw, obviously, when it hit Netflix. Wasn't really the Mike Flanagan as a name. Wasn't somebody that really was on my radar as far as the work that he's done. But when I watched this movie, I absolutely loved it and loved it again in the rewatch. Like I said, it's a simple movie, very minimal uh, this couple going on a sex vacation, this couple that's been together kind of trying to rejuvenate their relationship, rejuvenate their sex life, kind of find that flame that they once had. And uh, in that process, things go wrong, and it's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's also a movie that brings up a lot of past trauma, a lot of past sexual trauma in our main character who finds herself handcuffed to these bedposts while her significant other is uh no longer with us let's put it that way uh just a great great movie it's also a movie that features the book midnight mass that is something that is part of the the flanagan averse uh where midnight mass before it existed as a miniseries existed in mike flanagan some of mike flanagan's movies as a novel uh, in this movie was a novel that was used to kind of shoo away a dog from eating, <laughs> eating Gerald, as it were. 
which is a fun it's a fun thing to see that midnight mass show up as an as a novel in these books which is a a fictional book that doesn't exist but ended up being becoming what is the miniseries midnight mass and it's a movie where you know it's one character but in her mind she has conversations with herself she has conversations with her her departed lover she has memories of times when she was young and it brings up past trauma from her childhood uh so it does allow the movie to breathe and escape the bedroom that it that she is trapped in uh but a great movie slight body horror towards the end the scene where she she finally escapes is brutal it's 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 so like it's it's a movie that makes me curl in on myself and and just it, it, it i can feel the pain as she she uh does what she needs to do to to free herself uh but a great movie the only reason why it's down here at number five and not higher like this one could have easily been higher the scene at the end of this movie where she confronts the i don't know what the guy is called that that the the night stalker guy i don't i don't know what his name the moonlight monster guy when she confronts they're like reading his charges in court as he's being sentenced or going to try i don't know what aspect of the trial they're in but she just walks up to him and then confronts him and tells him he's a lot smaller than she thought it's like I get it from her perspective as far as her like putting those things behind her, no longer allowing those things of her past to to hold dominance over her and to kind of for her to conquer those fears. But also doesn't feel like a scene that would ever happen in reality where so much of this movie feels grounded in a way uh, that that feels a little bit fantasyful in some ways but in all i enjoyed it despite i did enjoy the end it just it just feels like it departs a little bit tonally um from a lot of what this movie's doing but i i love this movie and it's it's just one of those examples of how great mike flanagan's able to just flesh out a just a very basic premise into an, a very interesting and then like just terrifying kind of a situation uh so coming in at number five is gerald's game Moving on to number four, this is a movie that uh, apparently was the first and maybe the only time a movie based on a board game has been rated fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, at least that was one of the trivia things that I, I remember reading of this, of this movie. Uh, and that movie coming in at number four is the sequel, Ouija, or Ouija, Origin of Evil. This is apparently the sequel to the first Ouija. Ouija is how I grew up saying it. I've heard it pronounced Ouija as well, and I believe that's actually the correct way, Ouija. Ouija board, the thing where you put your hands on it with a group of people, and the little triangle thing with the, the lens in it kind of goes around and you're talking to dead people. Uh, that is the movie coming in at number four. Uh, it's a movie that takes place during the 70s. Uh, Mike Flanagan used a lot of camera techniques and uh, old camera lenses and 
kind of added in digital effects like the cigarette burns that show up that would show up on 35 millimeter film when it's being projected in a projection booth for them to switch the reels. If you've ever seen Fight Club, they bring up the cigarette burns uh, in that movie. Uh, but that was a fun little thing, and even how the, the film kind of looks like it's shifting from reel to reel. Uh, and then also, obviously, the aesthetic of it. It's an interesting story. It's about this this woman who has two two children, both girls, and she is a fortune teller who is clearly kind of running a scam. It's a fake fortune teller, but she feels like she's doing good, trying to help these people get closure with these past relatives. And this Ouija board comes into their life and is allowing them to authentically communicate with the dead. Uh, and <clears throat> they find out that the house they're living in uh, is like home was was a location for a lot of bad things that happened in the basement. The only reason this movie isn't higher up on the list is because there is a massive exposition dump that happens from the priest, which another aspect of Mike Flanagan stuff is he works with a lot of the same actors, which is great. Uh, so this one, you know, I'm probably not going to Elizabeth. Uh, Riser uh, was from Haunting of Hill House. She may have been in other things as well. Uh, as well as Henry Thomas is in a lot of his stuff. Henry Thomas plays Father Tom, where there is a massive exposition dump where he had these letters translated that were written by one of these girls who was like possessed by somebody. Looked like she had been writing in Polish, and he went to a, a nun who knew Polish, and she translated it. And he shows up to their house to get a reading and breaks everything down. Which is still a great scene. I still really enjoyed the movie. It fleshes out why everything's happening. It's a very interesting aspect to the overall story. Uh, like, they may have, if they could have almost made this a two hour long movie and translated that exposition into actually showing us uh in some ways with a flashback or whatever but instead it's an exposition dump which is fine which happens in movies which is fine but that's the only thing the only reason why it is at four is because of i loved every aspect of it the end was amazing the finale of everything how everything happens and apparently it's a prequel to the first movie, so it, it sets up a lot of things, which I've never seen. No real desire to see the first movie. Um, but a great movie. Uh, it takes place in 1967 Los Angeles, so it's the, the, the uh, period aspect of the movie is great. And the fact that he used things to make the film, the movie itself, look like it was of that generation uh, was great as well. There's little flourishes I really loved. But if only for that little exposition, which is a very small, nitpicky aspect of it. But I loved everything. The performances are great. Uh, the girl who plays, what is it, Doris? Yeah, Doris. Creepy as hell. Lulu Wilson. Creepy as hell. Um, but yeah, a great movie. Great horror film. Super happy. Not surprised at all that it was well rated by Rotten Tomatoes. Interesting that it's the only 
movie based on a board game uh, that is rated well. I mean, most of them don't get rated well anyway. But coming in at number four, Ouija, Origin of Evil. Let's take a little break from the show to promote gift certificates. If you want to purchase artwork for somebody, you have an art lover in your life, and you think they would like my art, but you don't know what painting to get them. I have over 2,000 original pieces of art for sale in my store, along with shirts and prints and other things. So I can understand that being a bit daunting if you're trying to buy something for somebody else. Give them the gift certificate, and then they can go to my website, inspireddisorder.com, and they can buy whatever paintings they want. They can buy whatever prints they want. They can buy T-shirts. They can buy hats. They can buy all the different merch. Gift certificates, which are available currently at inspireddisorder.com. And now let's get back to the show. Moving on to my third favorite Mike Flanagan film, uh, this is a movie that has some complexity to it, well told. It kind of, in some ways, reminded me of Haunting of Hill House. Uh, and that movie, coming in at number three, my third favorite Mike Flanagan film, is Oculus. Uh, the reason it reminds me of Haunting of Hill House is that that movie is, to is telling a story from two different points of time. Uh, from a current moment of time where... These people are adults and also telling an overall story of what happened, these events that happened as they were kids. Dealing with, in that show, a haunted house. In this movie, Oculus, dealing with a haunted mirror. Uh, and it is the kids, the overall story is this event that happened as they were kids. What happened to them and their family because of this mirror as they were kids. As well as them as adults trying to prove that this mirror is haunted which i the t storytelling aspect of the complexity of that i really enjoyed it's seamless he's so good at telling stories i loved every bit bit of it as like you get to learn more of the origin the original story as where as well as seeing how just effortlessly the reality that we're in as their adults is maybe not as we assume it to be and how this kid who, when he was a child, was blamed for the murder of one of his parents, how that again, in some ways, history repeats itself in the end of this movie. Uh, it's great. It's kind of like a descent into madness, uh, in, s in some ways a haunted house type of a movie, except for it is just an item in the house, this mirror uh, that has a whole story to it and has haunted families and, and caused destruction throughout history. And this girl grown up trying to prove that the mirror has issues with it, right? And how this, this mirror is indestructible, how it's impossible for them to destroy it. Uh, it's, it's such a great movie, kind of like a, a heartbreaking end to the film, constantly questioning what's real, uh, but so well told, so well done. I absolutely love this movie. Uh, and that's why it's coming in at number three, Oculus. Moving on to my second favorite movie. This is another simple movie. Very simple. Very little dialogue. Very few characters. But despite 
how simple it is simple premise it had me terrified it had me breathless i had multiple times not blinking not breathing just terrified at what's going to happen despite the fact i've already watched this movie so it was a rewatch of this movie and it still got me sucked in so coming in at number two my second favorite mike flanagan film is hush this is uh, a film where a deaf author, deaf and mute author, is terrorized in her home. She lives in a large house out in kind of the middle of nowhere, only really has one neighbor who she's friends with, which the characters in this movie are Aaron and Miss Keen from Midnight Mass. Also, Aaron from Midnight Mass, who is Kate Siegel, plays this author who wrote the book Midnight Mass, which was featured as a object to throw at a dog in my number five pick, Gerald's Game. Uh, this is a movie about the author of that fictional book, Midnight Mass, which became a realized miniseries on Netflix. So I loved the beginning of this movie where her neighbor, Miss Keene, comes over to return her book that she finished writing and uh, giving her notes on it. And right when she said, I loved the characters, I loved Aaron, I loved Riley, I'm like, wait a minute, what book was that? I paused it, rewound it. I was like, Midnight, blew my mind when I saw Midnight Mass. And I like blew my mind because I'd seen this movie way before Midnight Mass. Obviously, it never connected the dots. It was nothing when it came out. So, it, it just kind of crazy how there are elements, not only are actors in different works of Mike Flanagan, shows and movies, appearing in a lot of his work, but also there's little connective narrative tissues, like this book that's kind of shown up in different movies. And uh, I love that aspect of it. I, I really did. So this is about the author of the fictional book Midnight Mass. And as she is being, uh, like, terrorized by this guy for no reason, right? No, we don't know why, uh, but it's scary. It's scary because, one, of her limitations, but also it's just she's really smart, which I loved. That's one of the things I absolutely loved about this movie is that this character is being terrorized, but she is she is th thinking clearly right the things that happen to her are like she's making all uh, just making all of these smart moves which i appreciate that right it's so easy to do this type of a movie where people are just doing stupid things and running into trouble but this one is it's really a, a cat and mouse type of a game Really a life-or-death, hide-and-seek type of a, a, a situation. I absolutely loved it. Edge of my seat, nerve-wracking the entire experience, terrified the whole moment, very few words spoken. You know, it, it, you know it's, it's a movie where you're, you're, you want to be as quiet as possible because you think you make a noise, that guy's going to hear it, and she's going to come in and kill her. It's great. It's a great movie. I absolutely love it. It also does a thing that he's done in a few movies where it, it shows the character 
not only having like internal conversation, talking to themselves, but also kind showing fleshing out potential ideas like the character running through scenarios of what could potentially happen and how to get out of it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and it's great start to finish. There's n absolutely no aspect of this movie. I think it's a perfect movie. Uh, and that's why it's number two, right? All the other ones, there was like little small nitpicky things. There's nothing I can nitpick. And the fact that it's, you know, kind of the origin in some way of the midnight mass idea and even pausing the movie to read the back of the novel in this movie of midnight mass is it's synopsizing pretty accurately what a book of that mini series would be it's it's crazy it's crazy but i love this movie number two hush Let's take a little break from the show to promote. If you sign up for Inspired Disorder Plus for one year specifically, you get a free painting. So a year subscription of Inspired Disorder Plus is $50. The painting, the majority of them are $100. So it's $150 value signing up for one year of Inspired Disorder Plus. So not only do you get a free painting, but you also are subscribed to Plus for a year, which means that you can binge this show, the Ray Taylor Show, ad-free, the full week ad-free available on on Monday. You also get discounts that are members-only pricing type of deals. All of the podcasts that I've produced in the past, close to 20 different podcasts, I've produced hundreds of episodes. There's also my personal blog. You can ask me anything if you want to start podcasting or get into art. All of that stuff available in addition to a free painting when you sign up to one year subscription of Inspired Disorder Plus. Head on over to inspiredisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspired Disorder Plus member today. And now let's get back to the show! Moving on to my number one movie. This is a movie I watched for the very first time for this list. This is a movie I've heard nothing but good things about. This is a sequel to a movie that I'm actually not a big fan of. So going into this movie, I knew it was either going to be number one or maybe number five right i was either gonna love this movie or i just wasn't going to get into it like the original film this is a sequel to it ended up being a great experience it the complexity of this is just another example of how mike flanagan can can tell complex interesting stories uh in in a way that is so so like just it, it, it's it's a fun ride right i i get sucked into these realities and they can do as crazy the craziest things they, they want but i'm i'm right there with it i'm ne it never loses me for one second uh and and it also it in some ways makes me want to revisit the original for uh, i don't know how many times i've tried to revisit the original to see if i like it um, but that movie coming in at number one is Dr. Sleep. Obviously, the sequel to The Shining, uh, based on the book by Stephen King, novel by Stephen King. Um, and if I had, last year I did my top five Stephen King horror films, this would be number one. I didn't, uh, this wasn't available 
and uh, easily would have been number one. Ewan McGregor is the lead of this. He plays the older, uh, basically the boy from The Shining, what, Danny, I think? Yeah. Danny Torrance, grown up. He's an adult, obviously, very having dealt with addiction problems, drug use. Uh, it really focuses more on his abilities and these abilities in general and how other people have these abilities, these shining abilities, where the movie The Shining really doesn't take much time expressing how this kid has abilities as much as it is the the descent into madness of his father, of Jack Nicholson's character. Uh, and it's a well shot. I don't know. I Really, this movie makes me want to go back and rewatch The Shining, and maybe I'll enjoy it more after this movie having existed, after this movie really kind of fleshing out the idea of, quote-unquote, Shining, and how these different people have kind of different versions of Shining, these different abilities. I absolutely loved it. It is a great movie, a movie of, like, back-and-forth tension, um... You know, it has adults and kids and and like just interesting ideas uh, I, like in so many ways. I, I I love this movie. I was it, like this was uh, the last movie I watched of his films. Obviously, it's the newest film he had done. And it was late at night because I had I'd spent the whole day watching Mike Flanagan movies and I was didn't want to wait to watch this the next day i wanted to watch it and i was exhausted watching this movie but i couldn't i couldn't stop i couldn't stop it was so good uh the effects are amazing the the surreal nature of this movie i love the dream like the the effortless transitions he has from being in a grounded film to being in like these dreamlike surreal uh scenarios the way characters fly around, how perspectives change, how things are imagined and, and realized in this movie are beautiful. Uh, the casting of everybody, I think, is amazing. I think it fits, as well as the digital effects. He's able to blend digital effects into his movie in a way where they don't stand out, they don't take away from the film, uh, as well as his practical effects, the makeup, all those things. Uh, are are amazing in this movie i really enjoyed this movie and it's like a movie where you fall in love with characters and then they're taken away some of them are taken away and it's such a bummer uh but it, uh, it's a, an amazing movie i i really did enjoy this this movie as a whole and i think it really does a good job at articulating the powers and the special abilities that these people have and really fleshes out that idea in a way that The Shining never did. Uh, and, and it makes it very interesting and makes it a world where I understand why these things are happening. And it makes sense and it fits and it works and I, I really enjoyed it. And because of that, uh, top to bottom, I love this movie. Number one, easily number one dr sleep uh the movies that i watched that didn't make it uh before i wake is a fun movie about a kid whose dreams and nightmares become reality so this kid is trying not to sleep kind of similar in some ways to a nightmare on elm street except for you know when he dreams 
like there's this family he's like a he's an orphaned kid and he gets a new foster family and when he dreams these parents realize that he's able to dream about their son and kind their son that passed away and kind of brings them brings that kid back into their life and they try to manipulate this kid and of course things go wrong because it's not just dreams that he has it's also nightmares um i think it's a a, a super imaginative story the the actors are good it's just it's for whatever reason it's a story that didn't really connect with me as much um it, like it's interesting but it's also like i don't like it i don't know it just didn't did, didn't work for me uh and then absentia independent film i think it's an amazing horror film independent film i think it's got some really interesting ideas uh i don't think it fleshed those ideas out in a way that i found to be satisfying but overall for an independent film i thought it was amazing and really shows how he's able to do subtle things simple things that really have massive effect have big effect and impact and uh absentia is great uh, but didn't make my list uh but one more time this is my top five mike flanagan films starting off with number five Gerald's Game. Number four is Ouija, Origin of Evil. Number three is Oculus. Number two is Hush. And my number one favorite Mike Flanagan film of all time is Dr. Sleep. Let me know how you would rank Mike Flanagan's films. Uh, are you a fan of his TV shows more than his films? He creates great stuff top to bottom. There's nothing I've watched of his that I didn't like. And uh, I'm a huge fan of The Midnight Club. And I'm excited to talk about and break down uh, every episode of that show on my other podcast. But uh, I'm a huge fan of Mike Flanagan. Whatever he does, uh, he, he, he's great at what he does. He is probably one of my favorite horror directors if not just directors in general. Uh, I, I, I do love everything he does. Let me know how you would rank Mike Flanagan's films in the comments. Hit me up on social media. I'd love to hear it. What is your number one? And are there other hidden like uh, Easter eggs, like Midnight Mass being a book in both Gerald's Game as well as Hush? Uh, are there other Easter eggs that I missed uh, that I should check out and and uh pay attention to next time i'd love to hear that as well uh but that's it check him out most of his stuff is on netflix which is great and that's also where the midnight club is so check that out as well do it new episodes of the ray taylor show come out every single day subscribe on youtube and everywhere our podcasts are found binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus buy ray taylor show merch over at inspireddisorder.com and follow the show on instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.